Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the road. This is part of our class overview series covering all the classes available to players, and this is one of the core classes. And today, to help us talk about the Rogue, we have an adjunct professor, Dan Tharp, the marketing manager for Paizo. Welcome, Dan. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this one. Let me tell you, when I first turned on a Paizo stream and I saw Dan, I knew immediately I have to have this man on my show. <laughs> Dan is the single most genuinely wholesome person I have seen on the internet. And the fact that his job is to interact with scrubs on the internet who are just like little running around demons. We all know ourselves. Don't lie to yourselves. And he can retain this optimism and wholesomeness. It's just like a testament. All right. He's the shining example mankind can show aliens that, hey, we're worth saving. Oh, man. It's a lot of delusion. I just lie to myself on a daily basis and say, <laughs> they're saying nice things, Dan. Don't worry about that. And just try to get them back on my side and be like, isn't this a fun game? Ah, so uh, you are an artist. Good. I, I thought so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But also, it helps that this is genuinely fun for me. I love sitting down and chatting with my coworkers about the game and about stuff that's coming out and showing off art and all of that. The shows that I do are just a blast. I love doing them. It's by far the high points of my week. So And sure, because you're sitting down, nobody knows that you're wearing shorts with that button-up shirt and tie. <laughs> Not anymore. I kept kept getting called out on it. I remember the first bad feedback that I got was somebody saying, basically, they were calling me out and they were like, this guy dresses like a moron or whatever. And I remember thinking, really, that that's actually really cool that the only the things that they're calling out are how I'm dressed. <laughs> yep. I, at the time, I had so many more mannerisms that were really bad for broadcast. You know, I still have a ton of them, but I had so many more back then. I was like, uh, out of everything you could call me out on, it's, it's the shorts. fact that I'm wearing a tie and shorts. That's the best. I love oh, it. Oh, it's, so. it's my clothes? I could change that. Oh, my personality's good. My personality's good. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, Dan, I don't want you to change. I want those shorts and that tie and shirt. That never changes. You understand me? That is, that, don't you listen to the haters. <laughs> locked in locked in i promise that's right it's part it's part of your your theme now it's your brand <laughs> yeah pretty much well we are talking about the rogue we offered dan to talk about any class which one was he interested in and he said the rogue so we're gonna run with the rogue now we were just talking about having to maintain optimism while dealing with you know sometimes people who don't treat you well so the rogue seems really apropos <laughs> to this what drew you to the rogue uh i've always and i've said this many times on the show i'm team rogue for life like uh i think I think it was the easiest one to pick up and play when I was a kid. It just seemed to make the most sense to me. I liked the idea that you could be the the charmer, but then at the same time, you could just kind of pick anything in the room and be like, I kind of want to steal that. And you'd have a chance to do that. Um, <laughs> or in a fight, I kind of want to delete that guy from the encounter. Yeah. <laughs> Get you a man that could do both. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I think, you know, it's for me, the, the best form of role play is the kind that fits your personality and just the whole idea of being a charmer, you know, just kind of like, I want to go out and be social. I want to go talk to folks. It automatically appealed to me. I don't have that brooding nature of say like a, a you know, an angry fighter or anything sure. like that. Definitely not as smart as say a wizard or anything like that. So Dan, so. Shots fired from Dan at me. Okay. All right. I get it. I don't like being a rogue again and I love being a fighter, but okay. I see it now. All right. I want to thank you for your short time on our show, Dan. Is there anything you want to shout out as you leave? Uh, it's been a blast. Thank you. 
<laughs> uh, Christian, why don't you give us an introduction on the rogue? Life is an endless adventure for those who live by their wits. <clears throat> Ever just one step ahead of danger, rogues bank on their cunning, skill, and charm to bend fate to their favor. Never knowing what to expect, they prepare for everything, becoming masters of a wide variety of skills, training themselves to be adept manipulators, agile acrobats, shadowy stalkers, are masters of any of dozens of other professions or talents. Thieves and gamblers, fast talkers and diplomats, bandits and bounty hunters, and explorers and investigators all might consider themselves rogues. The rogue is, hands down, no contest, bar none, the class that is most often misspelled. Much like the words unfortunate or separate, I can never spell them, I can't get my primate brain to spell them correctly, no matter how hard I try. To some outside party reading my forum post, I go from talking about shades of lipstick to sneak attacks, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> Well, I gotta say, this is not a problem for me. This is definitely a Christian problem. Rogue is hard for you? Rouge, right? Can I guess? <laughs> the bat. Rouge All the, the time. Bat. Yeah. Rouge, every time. Uh, that's even come up as a, a joke at, at meetings around Paizo offices, uh, where, you know, double check the spelling. We want to make sure that we're talking about the rogue and not the rouge. <laughs> After you type the book, you just do a quick control F with the, yeah. the U displace. Let me see if I did it on here. I would like for second edition, just like troll us with an archetype or a new class name, the rouge. The rouge. <laughs> the rouge rogue. It'll be in the, uh, the April 1st edition of Pathfinder second edition. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like, uh, what's that old spice did the gentleman? <laughs> yeah, the gentleman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the rogue is a class of many talents. It's not as beefy as the fighter or the barbarian. It's unable to cast spells like a cleric or a wizard. The rogue makes it through being clever or tricky. They're cunning, they're agile, they can be a dirty fighter. They rely on their James Bond spy level of acuity and their skills to let them shine in this role-playing game. And no spells, right, Christian? No spells. No spells. I like classes. None to be no found. No spells. <laughs> I want to get a few of those in here. You can use magical device, so there is that. Oh, I'm sure Christian has in mind some build where he breaks the whole game with a road with a single wand that he bought for like a penny with some weird workaround. Speaking <laughs> to the use magical device thing, one of the best things I could have ever done with one of my rogues was get a uh, wand of detect magic so that if I happen to get into a room first, I could go ahead and find anything that might be a little bit more expensive uh, before the rest of the party got there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought you were going to go with like, that way I could find traps because trap finding doesn't always work against magical traps. And now I've got, no, no, it's to find what yeah. I could steal before yeah. my players see it. Hey, yeah. <laughs> You're the one that... person who uses the appraise skill, don't you? You max it right out. Oh, you got to have appraise. Am I going to take up room in my pockets for something that's not worth anything? Come on. <laughs> I only have so many pockets and I'm wearing cargo pants. Yeah, exactly. So though the rogue can't cast spells. No, I like spells, the idea of a rogue. It's like a minus two penalty on his stealth checks because he got like a wallet chain on that fits in the <laughs> lower pocket of his. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. I am wearing a wallet chain right now. So, I mean, it is. Dan, that is, the a week single here. most wholesome person on the internet. <laughs> what am I telling you? Listen to oh, me, fans. Man. I'm telling you. I, you know, and come come to PaizoCon. I will give free high fives. So Amazing. it's going to be it. Yes, very, very wholesome high fives, I promise you. <laughs> so let's go into their statistics. What makes the rogue the rogue? The rogue can be of any alignment. Oh, weird, because everyone I always play with it just plays them as evil or chaotic. Interesting. <laughs> what? Quote, unquote, chaotic neutral. <laughs> so 
my last rogue that I played was Chaotic Good. And uh, one of the things that I would do is when we were in town, I would use my sleight of hand skill to give families GP. I'd give them gold pieces as like a secret so that they wouldn't know. I once broke into the family lockbox of this house and loaded it full of uh, riches for them. But I didn't let anybody know. I always told the GM through text, but I didn't let the party know because that that I just didn't think that he would want people to know that. That's all good and great until you're caught halfway <laughs> through doing it. I was putting money in it. I swear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, uh, you uh, for some reason they they automatically assume the worst. I don't understand. How why. dare they? So I'm breaking into homes and sneaking around and I don't want to be seen. It doesn't mean I'm doing anything yeah. wrong. Look at my alignment. Yeah, it's it, it, and look. The breaking and entering rules, those are your rules, not mine, because mm-hmm. I'm chaotic, so whatever. It's like license plates in the car. You know, sometimes you have them in the front, the back, sometimes both. The last town I was in, breaking and entering was fine. Yeah, right? It's These these are regional rules that you're talking about. How am I supposed to keep it all straight? I don't know. They have a D8 hit die. They get eight skill points per level plus their intelligence modifier. This is the highest of all classes, the next highest being six per level. So they're often called the skill monkey, and this is one part of why they're called that. They get a lot of points to fill up their skills. And the next part of why they're called that is the amount of class skills they have. (laughs) It's actually much easier to list the skills they don't have as class skills. It's fly, (laughs) heal, ride, spellcraft, and survival. They get everything else. Well, to be careful, they don't get knowledge all, right? They do not get all knowledges, and they don't get handle animal either. I missed one. They just get knowledge local and engineering. Otherwise, everything else is free game. I feel like every level with a rogue is is like Christmas. Whenever you get that that XP and the, then the GM's like, hey, you guys are leveling up. When we meet back again, uh, you should all be leveled up and everything will be fun. And literally Christmas morning, you go through and you're like, what can I get into with this level? And you get so much. Kind of, you know, I can understand why some people that don't get as much as a rogue get a little upset. But it it makes it really easy to, you know, to do things like, oh, I'm 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 now deciding to be chaotic good, or you know what, I'm I'm angry again, so now I'm gonna be neutral, like pure neutral. I think you get so much, especially for the new player, it makes it so easy to learn all of these different branches that you can play with. Mm-hmm. So in a way, this is not the right word, but it's the first word that comes to mind is training wheels. It's almost kind of like, oh, that last level, I, I went the wrong direction. You can undo it now. You, you get a, a lot of, uh, sure. you know, you get a lot whenever you level up. So Also gives you a chance to use some lesser use skills because you've got so many points left over. You're not crippling yourself. You're not sacrificing yeah. perception for handle animal. Now you can try it. They have a three-quarter BAB progression. They have a good reflex saving throw and a bad fort and will saving throw. And boy, does that hurt. That's real bad. Manzos. You know, I got to tell you, with some of those uh, feats, you know, you're looking at like iron will and things like that to help bolster. Because at the very beginning, A, uh, and we'll probably get into this, I don't want to jump ahead too much. But at the very beginning, your rogue is just susceptible to mind control and all of those different things. Like you're constantly, when I was in the, in the rogue that I had last, I spent so much time running away from battle because we had a really, really strong fighter. And so the GM was using a ton of mind control effects against our party. And I always failed. And next thing you know, I'm bolting just fear effect and I'm running at top speed away from the fight happened so much. And so that is kind of where those 
those feats and and uh, all of the stuff you get at every level come in. The good news is that you were made to run away instead of to sneak attack your allies. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we get to sneak attack, I've got some cool stuff that helped out a lot. So <laughs> we're fighting vampires. I'm just going to be in the back so he can't be flanking me. <laughs> The, the bad fort and will save is particularly bad because the rogues' con- contribution to combat is through martial capabilities. They're not a spellcaster. They either have to be shooting bows or swinging swords. So it almost becomes a feat tax that you're going to have to cover these bases of your fortitude and will saves. The good news is we'll find out in a second that they don't really have a good reflex save. They have some abilities essentially the best reflex save. But we'll get mm-hmm. there in a second. Yeah, they, they are pretty amazing. They scale with dex and int. But just slightly, barely, not really. We'll get into it, but kind of. They're proficient with all simple weapons, plus the hand crossbow, rapier, sap, short bow, and short sword. And they're proficient with light armor and not shields. Yeah, I used a rapier. And once you get things like a improved critical, which the rapier was, uh, I believe, 18, 19, and 20 was a crit. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you get improved critical, drops down to like 15 to 20 is a mm-hmm. potential crit, which... You know, it's one of those things where it helps make up for the fact that for the longest time, your rogue is not, you know, is going to have a hard time hitting. And if it does, it's like roll your D6 for rapier. But once you improve that critical, it helps a lot, you know, especially if you can enchant the blade and put some extra elemental damage on it. Rapier is a classic choice. Just with these proficiencies, what the rogue is obviously being pushed toward is to be a more dexterous fighter. They only get light armor, so you want to have a higher dexterity to benefit from that. And a lot of the weapons that they get that are martial are dexterity-based, the rapier being a finesse weapon, the short bow, the short sword, all being things that scale off of dexterity. You want to say really quickly what you mean by a finesse weapon, in case somebody doesn't know? A finesse weapon is a weapon that increases its attack bonuses based on your dexterity instead of based on your strength. Whereas a club, it becomes easier to hit people if you're stronger. With a rapier, it becomes easier to hit people when you are more dexterous. And there's some dex to damage feats. Once you're able to get into that realm, you know, once you can kind of say goodbye to your strength modifiers, the rogue can really take off. It it almost makes everything worth it once you start getting finesse involved. Because like I said, strength is, it doesn't matter. Once your key abilities actually start playing into how effective you are in a battle, uh, then you, you know, you feel a little bit more comfortable being uh, middle of the pack. I'm not going to say front of the pack because you're still going to be fodder. If well, you you're can't not flank careful. if you're in the front. You got to get in the middle. <laughs> no, and that that's very true. <laughs> very, very true. Well, let's talk about their class ability. Starting at level one, they get one of their most iconic. Christian, talk to me about sneak attack. If the rogue lands an attack roll on an enemy that has denied their dexterity bonus to AC or an enemy that the rogue is flanking, they deal a bonus 1d6 damage. This damage will go up by 1d6 every two levels. Now this damage is called precision damage. This is special in that it is not multiplied on a critical. So if you you deal additional 1d6 damage and you crit, your weapon gets multiplied, your sneak attack does not. And certain enemies are immune to precision damage, which Caleb didn't know for the first whole, like, year he ran Pathfinder. (laughs) And he had his ninja, which is a a rogue branch, constantly sneak attacking things like, I don't know, it's like elementals or golems or something. I forget which one. Yes, elementals are one of them. It's a much smaller list that are immune from 3.5. I think, like, Undead used to be immune to sneak attacks. And uh, Constructs used to be immune to sneak attacks. It's mostly now oozes, elementals, and ghosts which are all very expected, and Proteans 50% of the time. Right. Christian, right. I noticed we get proficiency with a hand crossbow. Can we do sneak attacks at range? 
You can, but you have to be within 30 feet of the target. Okay. There are some ways to enhance this. There are builds that you can kind of be a ranged sneak attacker. Mm -hmm. Now, if you happen to use a weapon that deals non-lethal damage, your sneak attack damage can also be non-lethal. And notice that we also get proficiency with the sap. And if your target has concealment, you cannot sneak attack them. And that that almost like crushes the the most quintessential idea of a rogue which is like a person in a dark alley stabbing you with a sword well you have concealment they can't stab you they're not well, don't stabbing worry you most of the races have dark vision or low light vision you'll be fine well not the ones that matter like human <laughs> <laughs> are you saying hashtag humans matter <laughs> I mean, all races, Caleb, all races. I'm just saying humans, <laughs> they get a bonus feed. So here, the thing about sneak attack that I love is that, A, once you get into some feats like bleeding attack and things like that, um, you know, I mean, first of all, adding a D6 every other round is incredibly helpful because, you know, depending on your light weapon, you don't have a lot of damage that you're adding to it anyway. And so... There's a really good growth of damage that comes in. And then there's eventually things like, uh, you know, bleeding attack, where they take a point a point of bleed damage for every sneak attack die that you're rolling, which adds up uh, just as passive uh, damage unless they stop and do a heal check or somebody heals them. And then, you know, on top of that, after a while, at first, it's really difficult to get flanking. Like, it's really difficult to do that, to add that sneak attack die or to have them flat footed, which is really the, the major part of that whole equation. What we ended up doing, uh, I started talking to, to the party and we had a wizard that um, was able to start uh, summoning animals that weren't necessarily big attacks, but they could be put in a flanking position. And as long as that animal could attack and be considered a threat, then I would be able to get my sneak attack damage with them. And so they had some really good range and would just summon an animal for me like a bird or something. And then I was able to to get sneak attack without having to take the resources of, say, the fighter or a cleric or somebody that was going to put themselves in danger. And it worked out really well. Sneak attack is really well supported. There's a lot of things you can do to add to it, to bolster it, to modify it. And like you're talking about, you're picking the rapier. There's a lot of, it's a higher level or like medium level. There's a lot of like critical effects you can add when you land a critical. So you can do a lot of debilitating things with this. One of the things that can help you open up with a sneak attack is feigning, which I believe is a bluff action. Make them flat-footed, which is denied dex bonus. You can do that. Christian, what are some other ways that you can enable the sneak attack? So there's a lot going on with sneak attack. Trying to benefit from sneak attack is really what's going to make you act roguish. The most common ways to get enemies flat-footed and benefit from sneak attack is attacking enemies who are incapacitated in some way, such as they are blinded, or they are pinned to the ground, or they're flat-footed, which means they haven't gotten to their turn in the initiative order yet. And that last one, the the they haven't gone, it's not their turn yet, is probably the most important one, and this is where Rogue's pseudo-scaling with dexterity comes into play. The higher the dexterity a Rogue has the higher initiative the rogue has. Mm -hmm. The higher the initiative the rogue has, the more often they get to attack before their enemies and thus benefit from sneak attack without having to be in a flanking position. This is also incentivizing you to sneak and start combat with a surprise round, whether you get a vantage point on your enemies and sneak up on them. And although there aren't like actual supported rules for this, being like a spy and having a disguise and deceiving people and then taking a dagger out and stabbing them in the back, your DM kind of has to like let you do that and get a surprise round. But <laughs> these are the things that you're going to be trying to do as a rogue. Also having increased mobility to flank more often. If you have a really high acrobatic skill, you can tumble 
around enemies and get into flanking positions mm-hmm. more easily. Yeah, dodging those pro- attacks of opportunity and such. Being invisible is a great enabler. If you can find an item or potions or ways to get yourself invisible, greater invisibility is like the creme de la creme. Greater invisibility. Oh my gosh, I tell you, the <laughs> second the second you get greater invisibility and you're able to put that on yourself and utilize that power, it is a whole new world. I tell you, you are able to just run around pinging fools with your rapier, uh, shish kebabbing them, and then run onto the next one and not lose your invisibility. It, it's almost uh, a fight on easy mode at that point. It's just crazy. And it doubles as a defensive bonus as well. It is 100%. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to talk about um, debilit- like debilitating strike and things like that later on. But, you know, every time you get sneak attack, you can make them uh, suffer these penalties uh, whenever you successfully sneak attack. And it's just insane, the things that you can do. Let me let me give a hint for everyone there. I'll help you ruin your GM's game. It's a 10,000 <laughs> gold piece item that was at an advanced class guide called the Amulet of the Blooded. And if you pick the Fey one, you can have greater invisibility for nine rounds a day. Oh, It's about the cheapest way to get greater invisibility. <laughs> I had no idea that existed. Let me write that one down. It's good. It's good. That's a good one. <laughs> so best case scenario for you as the rogue is you sneak up on an enemy and you get a surprise round. And you kind of have to have some mechanical knowledge to really benefit from this well. So you sneak up on the enemy, you get a surprise round. Well, if you use a ranged attack, hopefully you snuck within 30 feet, you get your sneak attack off. Or you have to know that you can actually charge during a surprise round as a standard action, but you go half the normal distance. A little weird bit of rules, but a very important rule for the rogue to sneak Mm. up and charge people. So you get your surprise round, hopefully hit them and deal some sneak attack damage. Then it goes in a normal turn order. If you beat them in their initiative in the normal turn order, you're going a second time before them, which means another round of sneak attacks. And if you're adjacent to them, that means a full round action of sneak attacks against the flat-footed AC. <laughs> yeah. And imagine if you're hasted, which would happen a lot. What's that? I'm invisible, so I get a bonus to hit? Excellent. <laughs> now, something that's very important to note about sneak attack is that this isn't more damage. Sneak attack is your way to be comparable with actual martial classes damage. And we're talking about the rapier at level one. It deals 1d6 damage. You might have 12 strength as a rogue depending on your build. So you're doing 1d6 plus 1. If you sneak attack, you're doing 2d6 plus 1. Well, the the fighter with the greatsword is doing 2d6 plus 4 at least already. So just him swinging his sword is better than you at your (laughs) best case scenario. And and I don't know if you've ever played Unchained Rules, but the Unchained Rules for the Rogue is almost necessary. Once you crack open that book, it is just amazing what it'll do with your class. So one of the cool things we're doing here is that we are going to be covering the Unchained versions of each of Ah. the classes that we're going after here. So we're going to look at the way this guy is and maybe see some of its strength and weaknesses. And then later when we do the Unchained, we can see Ah. where it proved upon those weaknesses. Perfect, perfect, sir. I didn't mean to jump ahead. No, it's fine. <laughs> Maybe we'll invite you back for that. I, You know what? I'm in. I'll, I'll definitely do that. I'll do that. But be careful. You're committing and you've only been recording for us for a few amount of time. You might hate us by the time this is over. <laughs> well, let's see how well the, the show does first. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. If we smash like a thousand times, Dan will come back. 
<laughs> just punch that like button. If PewDiePie gets 10,000 more subscribers, Dan says. <laughs> I, it very well might be that you, the feedback you get from this is like, uh, you know, Dan is, uh, he, he's a fine talk show host, but he shouldn't be talking about classes at all. Which no, is the feedback you're going to get is Dan's tie. I'm just, I don't like it. It's a weird color. <laughs> yeah. He dresses like a moron. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about another wait, iconic part. I'm not done. Part I'm of not done. Oh, oh, all right, Christian. Sneak attacks are really dense ability. So that bit about concealment can actually be crippling depending on your GM. It's really easy for monsters and enemies to get concealment with something as simple as displacement or the other similar effects. If your GM is a jerk, he can deny you these bonuses, the sneak attack, like whenever they want. So be aware of that. There are ways around your sneak attack that are actually fairly easy. We're talking like level one, level two arcane spells. We're talking about fog cloud over here. We're talking about displacement over here. If you're a really good GM, which I am not, you're, you're going to design your encounter in such a way as we're like, oh, this character is immune to the rogue, but look, he's vulnerable to the wizard, and this guy's great for the rogue to go after. You kind of encounter it so that you can use these features to make the encounter interesting and reward your players for figuring out who they, they should go at. Or you can just be a jerk or just bad at the game like me and go, oh, I'm sorry, they were all elementals. Does that ruin everything you're doing? Sorry about that. Should have had some, like or, a giant rat in there, huh? Or golems. Oh, man. I, we used to have so much trouble with golems. We had ended up having to buy uh, golem amulets because my rogue was doing nothing against these golems. For some reason, I think that was the one thing that the GM latched onto. Actually, the GM was Jason Bowman, and he was like, you know what? This is what I'm going to use because he could nerf me and the fighter at the same time. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, good call. I get it. Well, every, every character, I guess you got to find out your weaknesses and have something else you can do. I had that yeah. problem just in my other game the other day. I was like, well... I skipped my turn. I guess I. this is all I can do. I was kind of banking that he'd have a low will save, I suppose, because that's all my spells are will saves, and that's a dragon. So I'll move over here behind this wall. Am I going to get to lift my dream in rules lawyer? Paizo employees? Constructs aren't immune to precision damage. Oh, really? I guess not. Must have been the DR that was messing with me or something. I can't remember now. Yeah, take that, Jason Bowman. <laughs> no, I, believe me. It... Any mistakes are mine, not Jason's, Christian, for sure. I will, I will right now, right now, I will send you money. I will send you put my money. I will send you $10. If you can tell me Jason Bowman's position at Paizo, if you can tell me that, I will Venmo you $10 right after the show. I can do that. Right, right. Dan, no, Dan, we got to see what Christian knows. Whatever he's talking out of his rear end. I'm not, I don't know positions in general. Is he the CEO? <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to go to this. (laughs) I want to play this game. No. Listen, we're taking up so much of Dan's time. Let's talk about the other iconic part, uh, level one. Here's the thing, though. If it was a mistake, it's my mistake in remembering because it's a couple years ago now. I'm sure Jason got it right. I'm positive. You don't have to cover for him, My memory. He's not here. You don't have to be under his thumb any longer, all right? (laughs) We can protect you. Blink twice if you need help. Uh, I, he's, he's I, I'm fine. He's staring at the camera, guys. He's making solid <laughs> eye contact. He's right behind the camera. You don't know this, but he's right there. <laughs> he's just looking at you with a scowl. <laughs> Dan's hitting for his his sixty six sneak attack. Jason's like, oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't get to do that. That that makes my encounter lame. <laughs> All right, the next iconic part of the rogue is trap finding. You get this at level one. You get to add half your level to disable device checks and perception checks to locate traps. 
And you get to disarm magical traps, which not everyone can do. Ah, the oft malign trap finding. <laughs> Whether you find use in this is 100% up to how your GM does traps. Yes, that's very, very true. Let me tell you, this is the sort of thing where, in my personal experience, traps have been lame because GMs have made them lame. And it's just like, oh, it's another chest that's rigged with something. Or look, none of us had a chance. You just wanted us to fall into this pit. We didn't have a rogue in our party. Sorry, we weren't <laughs> making perception checks every five feet we moved, right? Traps, I think, are a ubiquitous part in the role-playing game space. But I think they're actually very, uh, they take a lot of finesse to do right. And because I see people just avoid traps because they're difficult to implement well, often I try to replace trap finding myself. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the problematic part with that is it, it, it makes the GM has to remember what your score is and remember to make those checks for you. Otherwise, they stop the game. They're like, hey, what's your score to, to find a trap? And then you're like, well. Now, now I'm guessing that there's a trap around here. Yeah, because now you're we're in metagaming me. space. Are you going <laughs> to yeah. ask me to roll for traps? Or are you going <laughs> to do it behind the screen every five feet we walk and we see you rolling? So then you have to roll all the time to make sure that we don't know that you're actually rolling for a real trap. Or is he just yeah. wanting to throw us off? Traps can be very complicated. Maybe we should do at some point an episode on how to do traps well. Uh, yeah, it's it's a tough idea. thing. But it is a part of the rogues kit. We're going to talk about trap sense in a little bit. They get more than just this. I would say that trap finding might be like the most desirable ability to replace of like all class abilities when you look at archetypes for rogue everyone's trying to replace trap finding just because it's it's an okay bonus but again it's so dependent on how your gm runs the game if your gm isn't running like old school dungeon crawly walk into a room and there's probably gonna be a trap you gotta just roll your passive perception checks you're not gonna get a huge use out of this and you said that, I, I know you said passive perception check to, to imitate something, but that's not like a mechanic in the game. So that kind of like leaves some gray space about the whole rolling, as we just talked about. But let me not repeat myself. We're going to open the, the door. Okay, I'm going to check for traps. <laughs> We're going to open the chest. Okay, I'm going to check for traps. We're going to walk down the hallway. Okay, I'm going to check How for traps. How unfun is it to say that every every at the end of every sentence? But let's go on to level two, and let's talk about why I was saying they had a wonderful reflex save. It's because they have evasion. Evasion's awesome. If you succeeded reflex save instead of taking half damage you will take a nun and you have to be wearing light armor or less to do this if you're a rogue wearing heavy armor then you're just doing it wrong i right. mean you, <laughs> you can't just cheese this with one level and fight or get that proficiency <laughs> and wear it because you're gonna disable this ability take that we outfought you hey d don't hate on my heavy armor intimidate rogue build okay <laughs> it only it's took valid two archetypes and nine feats to accomplish <laughs> <laughs> Variant multi-class in Caitlin. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I'd like to see that character sheet. Evasion's such an amazing ability. It feels great. I gotta tell you firsthand, man, <laughs> it feels really good when this Does works. Does it, Christian? Hmm. It feels amazing. Everyone else is like, oh, I have to take the damage. You're like, actually, I take none. <laughs> Do you ever have the thing where you feel like you have to feel bad for the rest of your party as they take damage? Where you're like, nope. oh, I... I made I made my save. I don't take anything. I'm sorry. Oh, oh you you took half. Oh, that's too. You bad. want me to make like, a medicine check? <laughs> make a heal check on you. <laughs> sorry, I don't have that as a class skill. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically omitted from my list. Did you know how powerful evasion was before you ran Trailblazer season two? Was that like an eye opening thing, or did you know already? I knew evasion was powerful. I had no clue how powerful it was versus tech. The tech guide had a lot, a lot of things that were reflex saves. There was a lot of liches <laughs> running around in our cyberpunk world. 
going for will saves there. It was a lot of grenades and lasers. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Oh, hey, Christian, haha, he laughs. Yeah, I also one-shotted him with a times four weapon, okay? Guns still oh, cut wow. him down as they wanted to. He only survived because I, Jim, I as a Jim, ruled him back to life. This is, listeners, don't listen to his lies. I edited it out, but I saved him. Oh, ha, 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 how's your reflex save save you, huh? Sucks when you fail it, done it. It's not a reflex save. That was just the natural 20 on a firearm. Actually, a cannon. <laughs> oh, so sad. Level two is awesome because you also get your first rogue talent, which is a main staple. You're going to get this every other level, and this is the way that you get to customize your rogue to be just what you want it to be. You like trap finding? Guess what? There's probably a couple of talents to help you with that. You want to embrace your sneak attacks? There's a lot of rogue talents for that. Rogue talents, they either enhance your ability to utilize your skill checks, or they enhance your sneak attacks, or they're more miscellaneous kind of roguey trick type things you could do. I cherry-picked a couple good ones here that we could talk about, and actually, Dan, you mentioned bleeding attack, and it's on my list, so why don't you talk about it? So, bleeding attack, I like it because it scales, and it becomes a thing that, you know, whenever you add another sneak attack die, you add another point of bleed damage. So, if you have a successful sneak attack, they take that many points of bleed for each sneak attack die. So, when you get higher level, that's just uh, an ongoing six points of bleed damage, unless unless they're able to do a heal check. And at that point, you've stolen an action from them. Mission accomplished. Exactly, exactly. It, it is just one of those things that you know, you hit, you get all that damage anyway, and then they still have to deal with with this point drain, which adds up. You know, I, I think that just getting a passive amount of damage or taking them out of the fight for a round is, is actually pretty, uh, it, it ends up being a lot bigger deal than you would originally think. You said you picked out some more, Christian? Yeah, another one is fast stealth. This ability allows a rogue to move at full speed while using the stealth skill without penalty. I think normally you take a minus 10 or a minus 5 if you move at full speed trying to stealth. Now you can do it at full speed, which makes it a lot easier to sneak up on people and get your surprise rounds. It was not one that I ever took. I never saw the, I don't know, I'm sure there's a need for it, but I figured if I was sneaking, then I'm just going to keep sneaking and I'm not really too worried about going full speed. Just because sneak is so easy to boost high, you'll, you'll take the minus five and probably still succeed. It's like, you know, acrobatting through someone's uh, square, through an occupied square. It's like, yeah, of course I'm going to do that. I'm a rogue. I'm going to make that check. I'm not worried about it. It's the same thing with, uh, you know, fast stealth. It's like, they're not going to know I'm there. Very rarely does the situation call for me to be at this point so far away at a certain specific time that means I need to go fast. It, it just usually doesn't work out that way. You also find some things for poisoning here. They embrace poisoning a little bit with the rogue. There's a couple that are just like, take this feat. Now <laughs> yeah. uh, now that we know, you know the ninjas in the game, this wasn't in the core book, which usually kind of like stick to what the, you know, the book, the material that came out by the time the book was introduced. But to talk about stuff that came after it, since the ninja came out, there's a way to reach into the ninja's talents as well and get uh, some key points. But we have a running joke here is about how bad this list is. There's a lot of stuff here that I would never pick <laughs> in a million years. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about Unchained later, as we kind of mentioned, and definitely one area they saw and they said, we need to do something about this. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. we used to play a game where we'd open up the list, pick one out, and nine times out of ten, it was I would never pick this. Caleb, I'm playing right now. All right, <laughs> Caleb, I found one. I landed right. on follow clues. That's, that's <laughs> a rogue with this talent can use perception. To Wait, follow I have to tracks. stop you, Christian. I just opened up the list, clicked randomly. I have 211 items. I clicked follow clues. <laughs> it's meant to be. Whoa! <laughs> what? Oh, that's cute. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're meant to be Christian. Yeah, Quick, it's Caleb, like a, let's, re- let's read it at the same time. It's One, like a rom com. No, three. Absolutely. A rogue not. with this no, talent. Absolutely not. I refuse. <laughs> a rogue with this talent can use perception to follow tracks as per the survival skill. Following All right, tracks. Well, do you not have a druid in your party? That's Everybody. like my favorite mechanic in the game following tracks. <laughs> wow. Dan dropping some bombs. You know, here's the thing. There are so many things that that you can do with the rogue. It's it's like you can do this okay where other people in your party can do it better, but you can kind of do this thing. And a lot of those are like that. You get get some of these things and you're like, oh, if this happens, then I can use this skill. Um, But it never works out that way. And then half the time it's like another person in your party, another character can do that thing so much better automatically because that's how their their class is built. That basic vanilla build for the rogue feels like it can kind of almost do some really cool things. But ultimately, it has a hard time doing that. And then anyone else just casts a level one spell that emulates your ability. And, All right, Christian. No, Christian has an agenda oh. against magic. Yeah, oh, look, Dead Eye lore? I can follow tracks, too. It's easy. <laughs> Another problem that happens with this list, and with any list you get this problem, is if something's good, it outshines everything, and it becomes like, okay, pick this. If not, you have a terrible build. This is obviously the front runner. And so when you have a list that additionally has some bad items, a lot of rogues end up looking the same when it comes to this, even though, like I said, I have a list of 211 items. That's with a lot of expansions and stuff, mm-hmm. but that's all first party. I had another one, but I actually want to talk about a really cool one that I love. It's called Snapshot. A rogue with this talent may treat their initiative role as a 21st. Christian, are you huh. kidding me? What? Guess what? Come Pokemon on. Snapshot? Did you land no, I, on it? No, I didn't. Uh, I was at uh, uh, like setup. I, was just I thought for a second there, I thought we had the cutest little rom-com building right now where you both kept... <laughs> Hitting the Caleb same and Christian ones. living together. <laughs> no! Get out! The rogue's actually the best class because it brought us closer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that. That That's the tagline. Put it on the poster. <laughs> he stole all the gold, then he stole my heart. <laughs> Christian, read this or I'm kicking you off the podcast. <laughs> I, I hope we've got a music bed of like nice instrumental music happening as you're yeah, saying Yeah, I'm going to put in like the more you know music on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A rogue with this talent may treat their initiative role as a 20 for a surprise round, regardless of their initiative, but they may only take an attack action with a ranged weapon. Your normal initiative role is used in subsequent rounds. And then there's rules about, like, if well, if, what if two rogues have snapshot? I don't care. We're not getting into that. <laughs> this one's really cool, because the way surprise rounds work is that you only need to surprise one person to get a surprise round. There could be 20 enemies. You surprise one guy, you go into a surprise round. You're always going to go first in that surprise round no matter what. And that's exactly what you want to be doing as the rogue. You want to be getting that surprise round. You want to be getting your sneak attack and benefiting from these talents you probably have, like bleeding uh, attack, that benefit off of your sneak attacks. I was never really a ranged rogue until later on when we hit higher levels. Then I started looking into ranged weapons, and boy, oh boy, I made a mistake. I it it is almost unfair some of the range stuff, and especially with you know things like the the snapshots, things like that. It it just is unbalanced sometimes. But I'm not complaining. I love it. But just like an Elder Scrolls game, you learn the effectiveness of a stealth archer. <laughs> yeah. It's ubiquitous. Across Everyone says all that. I never. Games. I never did it. I was. I played the game. No, I was. I was the magic guy. What? And then I installed mods because magic wasn't good enough. The point is level three trap <laughs> sense. At third level, you gain an intuitive sense that alerts you to danger from traps. You get a plus one bonus on reflex saves made to avoid traps and a plus one dodge bonus to AC against attacks made by traps. These bonuses go up every three levels. 
man, I hope your GM likes traps because it's like your thing. It's your thing now. <laughs> they better be part of the campaign. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, traps never came into most of I'm not saying that they don't, but in general, sure. uh, the, the trap thing is not used as much as, as I thought it would be when I was kind of looking at all of these. And after a while, I found myself asking Jason as like, don't suppose there's any traps around here because... <laughs> <laughs> nothing's happening with that. Wouldn't it be cool if I found a trap? <laughs> oh, yeah. You see him start marking with a pencil. There, you find an acid Well, it's even worse because I just get the deadpan look from Jason. He's like, no, no. There, there's no traps here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> there's no traps and these enemies are all, all right. new to sneak attacks. <laughs> well let me tell you i will say i have found on the internet some really creative traps where people are like here's this thing and you're on a conveyor belt and it's all this stuff and then look you think the trap's done but you actually fall into another trap there's actually some really cool complex traps in there that you can implement however you need like an architect's design board to get these 3d objects into this 2d game we talk about traps kind of in this light but to put a different spin on it, we come from a tradition where there was a lot of dungeon crawling. There is a lot of traps in the dungeon. So this is needed if you're going to go through that kind of a game. So we have to at least have it there somewhere in the game in case you're going to run that kind of game. Hot take replaces anyway. No one trap sense is useful when you failed against the Ouch. trap. You didn't do your job. That's like saying as a fighter, <laughs> probably- you got hit. You didn't do your job. No, it happens sometimes, Christian. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet the plus one is All really All right, Christian, help. level four, Uncanny Dodge. Oh, Uncanny Dodge is awesome. You can't be caught flat-footed. You can still be feigned. And if you already have Uncanny Dodge from some other feature, you get improved Uncanny Dodge. And that's great. We can go right into improved Uncanny Dodge because you don't get anything until level eight. It's improved Uncanny Dodge. Wow. No class abilities in between then and now. Anything new, you mean? Well, you get new rogue talents in between. Your sneak attack's going up, and then you get improved Uncanny Dodge. And a ton of skill points each level. You can no longer be flanked. Unless your attacker is a rogue that has four more levels. Which at that point, your GM's just trying to tell you run away from this encounter. (laughs) Did did, did that happen to you, Dan? Did Jason throw a rogue four levels higher than you had you? Uh, Actually, it's funny. Uh, One time... One time, uh, our town was being attacked, and there was a, a rogue. We didn't know that the enemy was a rogue, though. We were chasing after it. <laughs> it caught up, and, and I caught up to it. This was also the first time that it that it used uh, Fane or something like that. And it did that, and then it did sneak attack on me, and I didn't even know that was a thing. We were, like, you know, lower level, and I was, like, immediately taking notes. I was like, what happened there? Like, he... I wasn't flanked, but he got sneak attack on me, and I, t- I took notes. I was definitely, uh, I got busted on that one pretty Let me tell well, you, everything Dan well. said about Jason is I don't know if I'm more worried or more confident that he's designing this game. I don't know if I'm impressed or scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a homebrew, just so you know. This is total homebrew that homebrew we're playing. So uh, just- <laughs> there's no no problem there. There was just a ton of uh, boxes. Every time we came across a box, something popped out of it. <laughs> well, and- maybe if you used your trap finding, Daniel. Uh, look, uh, that, that was his role to make, not mine. And I thought I was doing fine. It sounds like you just need a different game. It just sounds like you need to find a new GM. <laughs> Join well, my game. I'll I mean, put traps every 10 feet. Nothing will be immune to critical hits. You'll be four levels higher than every other rogue. I'm going to set you up. <laughs> I'm giving you hand signals that say I agree with you, but I can't say it out loud, so, because he'll hear me. <laughs> he has ears everywhere, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we were able to have Jason Bullman as a feature on this guest, as a guest in this episode today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to put guest starring Jason Bullman yeah, on Yeah, yeah. So. 
<laughs> with a brief appearance by Dan. <laughs> so what if we ran into that scenario where you already had Uncanny Dodge and now you're getting improved Uncanny Dodge because you just want to be the uncanniest? Well, that's too bad. There's no benefit. I really can't think of all. many ways just to level four. No. You would already have Uncanny Dodge. Maybe through magical feature, which in that case is probably like a temporary thing. So you're only getting it a couple times a day, and that is pretty cool. If you multi-class, if you were a barbarian, oh. per se, a barbarian rogue, that'd be pretty cool. Well, maybe, you know, I can't recall, so this will be truly a thing we'll discover when we do Unchained, is whether or not they kind of see that as a problem and fix it. So the next class ability we're getting is at level 10, and it is advanced talents. At level 10, and every two levels after, you may now choose from a list of advanced rogue talents in addition to the rogue talents you are already selecting. Advanced rogue talents, as their name suggests, are just a little bit better, and there's some pretty iconic options here. A lot of them are also building upon earlier rogue talents. A lot of them have prerequisites, so there's something like powerful sneak attack which whenever you roll a 1 on your sneak attack damage dice, you instead treat it as a 2. And then there's the advanced version of that, where, well, whenever you roll a 1 or a 2 on your sneak attack damage die, you instead treat it as a 3. So the problem with this thing is you have to waste one of them to get to the good one. Yes. Uh, ignoring a 1 and treating it as a 2 is... It, it's it just doesn't really matter that much you know the numbers say yeah that's not that's not big but ignoring ones and twos and making them threes is actually not bad like that that just means that you're always going to have that average role no matter what you do but that first one you know making ones twos it it's rough it's just i felt like i because i tried that and i was like i saw the end result as the oh imagine the possibilities to all of my sneak attack die but that first time i was like i wasted this like getting that one extra point whenever it came up. I must be foolish because whenever I see these things, I'm like, oh, it's amazing. I can roll D8s instead of D6s. And Christian's always the downer. Like, Caleb, it's like an average of two extra points of damage. It's less than two points. And I'm like, but it looks so cool. And you're like, Caleb, don't pick it. I'm like, I picked it. And you're like, all right. So you two are my exact thought process. I was like, this is amazing. Imagine the possibilities. And then it kicked in like, okay, but that's really, it's this a negligible number that you're looking night. at there. <laughs> I'm so glad you met. I'm so glad you mentioned this, Dan, because the next thing I was going to say is I'm just using this one as an example that came to head. Never yeah. pick powerful sneak attacks. Statistically, it's terrible. It's like an average of one more damage. Do not do it, Christian. Ever. Yeah. Especially because there's much better. I options. hear what you're saying with my human ears. Yeah. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> do you understand me? <laughs> I'm going to have those powerful. It seems attacks. cool, and I like it. <laughs> How dare you <laughs> form these opinions of your own volition and then act upon them, Caleb? I don't enjoy this. It's been this. such a while since I've talked about the rogue that this part actually uh, kind of surprised me a little bit. And that's improved evasion isn't something you just get. It's an advanced rogue talent. Improved evasion adds the feature that if you do happen to fail a reflex save, you take half damage anyway. That's right. If you're asleep and a fireball goes <laughs> next to you, you're taking half damage. You have like precedent knowledge of this your spider happening. sense activates. By the time you get to level 10, when are you failing those reflex saves? I mean, your your reflex is so good if you've done it correctly. And if not, then the rest of your party's dead. Like, seriously, if you're getting hit with a, a <laughs> reflex you're still save around. Attack, Yay! You can loot their corpses and run away. If... If I have learned anything is no one's immune to rolling natural ones. And what feels better than rolling a natural one and still being like, I did better than all of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I just felt like once I once I got evasion, I was like, I'm good. I'm fine. I, Which is nice. That's, it's an option. If you think that your reflex save is high enough, 
that you don't need this. You're going to be succeeding anyway. You don't have to take it. But if you're my heavy armor rogue oh, with a dumping no. dex, <laughs> then you want this. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't be wearing heavy armor. I'll figure it out. I got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> so another well-known advanced rogue talent is called Slippery Mind. And this is one of our ways to get around our weak will save. This ability represents the rogue's ability to wriggle free from magical effects that would otherwise control or compel her. If a rogue with Slippery Mind is affected by an enchantment spell or effect and fails her saving throw, she can attempt it again one round later at the same DC. You only get this one extra chance. So very powerful, very unique effect. You you failed a saving throw against some kind of mind control or compulsion, you get another saving throw next turn. Which, spoilers, if you're a rogue, you are going to fail that save, <laughs> no matter what. It happens. It's rerolls. We always talk about rerolls being very powerful. This is a reroll effect. It's just a turn later. You are losing a turn, but I would take it most of the time. Really I mean, that's going to stack yeah. with improved Iron Will, though. Let's get th- let's get two rerolls on this fail save. <laughs> <laughs> Another advanced rogue talent is Dispelling Attack. Opponents that are dealt sneak attack damage by a rogue with this ability are affected by a targeted dispel magic. The cash level for this ability is equal to the rogue's level. In order to take this, it has the prerequisites of the Major Magic Rogue talent. Now, major Magic is something I didn't really speak about in the rogue talents, but there are some rogue talents that say, oh, you can cast a level zero spell. Oh, you can now cast a level one spell. You get very little of them. You might get like one or two per day, but it is an option. Vanish is a level one spell, so you can turn yourself invisible via magic. Now, one thing we have to talk about when we're talking about talents is that there is a feat called extra rogue talent. So you get your advanced talent level 10, level 11, get another advanced talent. If you really like these these talents, I, I whenever I get a list and there's a feat that says get more of this list, like the Arcanist Exploits, I'm always picking it. So there's definitely one for the Rogue as well that I suggest picking. I'm going to disagree with you there, Caleb. Why? <laughs> I would always use my Rogue talents to get more feats, honestly. Most of the Rogue talents well, are great. Well, I'm going to take a feat to take a Rogue talent to take a feat. Take that. <laughs> Probably avoid prerequisite that way. You caught me in an infinite loop. <laughs> and then I'm going to take a Slayer talent with that extra feat <laughs> to get another rogue At the end talent. Of this, I'm going to have a grit and key pool. You watch. <laughs> That's. Are you making fun of me? That's how I play the game. <laughs> I just want to see how many pools of panache and grit I can Let me help here. you there, Christian, just so you don't ever have to ask that question again. The answer is always yes, I am indeed making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> good to know good to know so we're not getting any new class features until level 20 so we're scaling our sneak attack we're getting more rogue talents and we're getting marginally better at traps yeah and scales lots of skills level 20 we're gonna get our capstone master strike whenever you deal sneak attack damage choose one of the following effects sleep for 1d4 hours paralyze for 2d6 rounds dead the target must make a fortitude save or be affected by the choice you made the DC of this fortitude save is equal to 10, plus half your rogue level, so 20, plus your intelligence modifier. Oh, Whoa, what's that? It. Intelligence modifier scaling at level 20? Where'd that come from? Okay. If a target ever makes it save against your master strike, it is immune to master strike for 20. Now, hours. is there other like rogue talents that scale with int, or is this about the only thing that scales with int? This is really it. There may be like one like very choice rogue talent. I never played a level 20 rogue, so I've never had a chance to use Master Strike at all. It seems uh, super cool. Some of these, like, as it got better, it's like that meme of like, oh, oh, oh. you know what I mean? It's like sleep for 24 hours. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. I could just, then I could crew to ground. Paralyzed for 2d6 rounds. They're out of the combat. I can crew to ground and when we're done, slain. Oh! 
<laughs> now, I also never played a level 20 rogue, but that doesn't stop me from having a strong dissenting opinion on this matter, Why Caleb. Why would it? <laughs> so, you got what? A 5, 10% chance on your first sneak attack, a turn of basically taking someone out of a fight? It's a really low percent chance. This is not a good but DC. It, it, 20, Christian, you get to do it every time you sneak attack. 24. If you're freaking yeah, hasty at level make this, 20, you're getting 5,000 yeah, sneak attacks it. every round. It could be a 1% you, chance. I'm going to get it by the third round. Caleb, are you telling me that the rogue has an ability at level 20 that makes you make a saving throw or die? You mean what the wizard has been doing since level 7? Oh, oh, oh Christian, okay. <laughs> I see how it is. From far away? And he doesn't have to do eight backflips and turn invisible to do it? He can just be like, hey, Make a save. Well, and also if they save, you, they're not susceptible to the effects sure. for 24 hours. So, All right, Dan. Okay, yeah, all so right. Get out of here, Caleb. Start just like having a conversation before this episode to gang up on me? Okay, Dan. All right. We're texting each other right now. <laughs> all right. Let's just insert truth into the conversation and facts into this fact-based show, I, I suppose. I'm I'm a fan of the Rogue. I'm defending it. But even I can see like, I don't know if that if that's going to- Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, Dan is the most abrasive, confrontational person I've ever met on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I have it in writing what you've already said about oh, me, so it's, no. it's going gonna, it's gonna to go in a plaque in the studio here. It's going to sit right in the back on the shelf by the goblins. The only way I'll ever be at Paizo. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a whole shame. So that is all of the rogue's class abilities. So there are a couple favored class bonuses worth mentioning for the rogue. There's a lot. As a core class, there are a ton published throughout the years. Uh, some of the cooler ones is Elf. I don't want to read the whole thing, but basically you can cast major and minor magics more often. So if you're going to be picking the options that let you cast spells as a rogue, if you're an elf, you can do it a lot more than usual. One of my favorite ways to build the rogue. Goblin, add plus one bonus to your sneak attack damage rolls during the surprise round or before the target has acted in combat. Hey, direct reward for the things I'm already trying to do? That's amazing. Human, as expected, is just powerful and not very interesting. You get plus one-sixth of a new rogue talent. And a cool one that I just want to mention because it's the rogue that I played is Sylph. Add plus one-half bonus on acrobatics checks to jump, and a plus one-half bonus on sense motive checks. It was very interesting. I got to make a wisdom scaling-based rogue, which I thought was really cool. You mentioned it's a core class. Almost every feature of this is supported through equipment, through feats, through things like the favorite class bonuses. There's a chance that if you want to focus on even some of the more obscure, like poisoning isn't super supported in the core. At this point, it's so supported. Pick a thing that the rogue wants to be and you can really embrace it. And the rogue can really do anything. There are so many options published throughout the years that there's like an, a talent somewhere that gives you alchemist bombs. Mm -hmm. And there's an archetype that turns you into the phantom from the spiritualist for some reason. That's awesome. <laughs> really, anything you want to do with the rogue, it's a very versatile class just through the sheer number of options presented throughout the year. Whatever you want to do with the rogue, you can find a way to do it. It might require a little bit of finagling, but that's what I like about the game. I like putting the crunch in, giving my rogue a gun and a grip pool, and then also giving him spell casting for some reason. Like I mentioned earlier, if you want to turn your rogue around, you get a lot of skill points to drop into things. And it can be pretty simple to uh, fine tune and adjust that rogue character. If you find yourself, especially as what has happened, you know, in the past with me is you build up this character. And then once you see the dynamic of how the party is playing out and you're like, oh, no, I... I see that we're I'm going in a direction that is either too much like another character or another party member or something that's not 
filling a void that I thought was filled, you can, you know, within a couple levels, you can really redirect that rogue to help fill in those those missing pieces or the gaps of the party, which I think is invaluable. A lot of people will complain, including me, oh, I guess even though I'm a fighter and I have dungeoneering, the rogue might as well make it because he's got the better check. The smart thing when you're building your rogue is to look for those spots, like Dan was saying, that aren't filled yet and try to go for them. But maybe the chances are that you have so many skill points, you have that and you can go for the other thing. But try that as much <laughs> yeah. as you can. I'd, I'd agree with him. I, I like the concept that you're not really like locked into your level progression as you level up because you get so many options between your rogue talents and your skill points that you can kind of maneuver with the way that the story develops. That's a really interesting idea. Now, there's a couple archetypes I want to mention just because they are kind of ubiquitous and used a lot to replace things like trap finding. We, we kind of talk down trap finding a bit. If you are in a campaign where your GM doesn't use traps a lot or doesn't use conventional ideas of traps, uh, you can pick the swashbuckler archetype, which you're trading in your trap stuff for proficiency with a martial weapon of your choice and a bonus to acrobatics and fear checks. Hopefully more generally useful for you. A mm. oft-talked about archetype is the scout. You're losing your uncanny dodges, to get the ability to sneak attack whenever you charge or whenever you move in a turn, making you a very mobile fighter. And lastly, the Eldritch Scoundrel, which is great. You trade in your armor proficiency and your sneak attack progression a little bit to get spellcasting like a magus. And it's spellcasting. What do I have to say about that? You know what to do. <laughs> I mean, Christian, you don't want to get the trap smith archetype and embrace trap making and trap finding? <laughs> trap smith. <laughs> I, I hope my opponents have levels in rogue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make magical traps and make the GM read the rules for this garbage. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine a trap finding build for a rogue? That would be so boring. <laughs> Just so I exist boring. for one purpose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where's the traps at, everybody? <laughs> uh, and I'm done. Dan, Go ahead. I told you this would be a primarily role-playing campaign. This isn't a dungeon crawl. Yeah, but you tell me the king doesn't have traps in his throne room. Okay. Well, okay. I, All right. <laughs> What kind of world builder like, I, are you? I'm, I'm a min-max player, and it's maximum trap finding. That's all I do. Everything else, I'm going to fail. Even even evasion, I'm, I'm terrible. You're going to hit me with all the reflex attacks that you can. And you know what? I put all my points into con, so if I do get hit by a trap, I'll survive it. <laughs> I'm the greatest I have a negative finder, deck, but my con? <laughs> Let's talk about our conclusions. Christian, how do you feel about the rogue? I love the rogue and roguelike characters. Comes back to what Dan said in the beginning. You kind of like to play characters that coincide with the things you kind of like to do. I like what they represent. The characters that I find that I most enjoy playing have been some kind of roguish. Problem being with rogues is that the core rogue was kind of so weak that it was often better to pick any class that wasn't the rogue to do the things you wanted to do as the rogue. Such as the Bard. The Bard has archetypes that make it the Rogue, essentially, but with spellcasting, the Alchemist has archetypes that make it the Rogue, but with extracts that are technically spellcasting. And this was, I wouldn't say a problem for me. I like doing that kind of thing. I like making complicated builds, but I came in at the latter half of Pathfinder when I had this breath of options. Another big problem with the Rogue is that their skill checks are trumped by magic. As I mentioned, level one spells often do what a lot of skill checks can do what a lot of rogue talents can do. And sneak attack and practice is often very hard to pull off, and it's a pretty inconsistent source of damage when you do. 
And the biggest problem I have with Rogue is that it doesn't actually get anything to help its sneak attack. There's nothing here except you could argue their skill points, which allow them to put points into acrobatics. There's nothing that actually helps them get into position to flank. There's nothing that technically helps them sneak. There's nothing to get them to the point that they can use their class abilities. Love the concept of Rogue, but I don't love the execution here. I'll play an investigator, a bard, over Rogue any day. As I mentioned, what I do like about the Rogue, though, is that it has such an insane number of options. I feel like Paizo knew that the Rogue was a little overpowered and tried to, like, overcompensate with that by just pushing out options and options and options. So now I just get to have a field day be like, ooh, so I could take a Rogue talent to get a ninja trick to give myself a key pool. I scale off wisdom now and I can vanish as a Rogue. <laughs> this is insane. I love this. One of my favorite characters I've played was a Rogue. I was a Sylph. I used the Sylph favorite class option. I scaled in wisdom and got to pick ninja talents and I vanished and I flavored my vanishing and my ability to jump really high and far as like the half genie side of me coming through. And it was a lot of fun. But in particular there, I was the unchained version of the rogue, which I think really added to the fun. The unchained version of the rogue, I'd say, is the default version. Don't play the core rogue if you have the option to play the unchained. But don't let me dictate your life. You know what you like. I'm just trying to inform you. Unchained for life. <laughs> Great. I gotta say, I, I like the Rogue in many aspects. Uh, some of the things I like about it, I get the opportunity to pursue, even if Christian thinks they're tricks and math tricks, like improving my, my sneak attack. That's my favorite part, is just picking that sneak attack and make that as good as it can. All right? I'm not rolling ones, I'm rolling twos. I'm doing D8s. It doesn't matter, Christian. For a class with so much trap finding, there's a lot of trap options here. <laughs> Get off my podcast. No one's ever made that joke before. <laughs> Uh, I like that a lot. <laughs> I guarantee Unfortunately, it. some of the things I don't like about the the Rogue are like things that are specific to games. I just feel like maybe that maybe even is a ubiquitous experience. Like, well, I don't play a lot of games that have a ton of traps, so I try to replace trap finding. While that's specific to the games I play, I think I've heard a lot of people have that same notion. I like to get the sneak attack in, but at low levels... It's just kind of like the same thing and then it gets countered and it's boring not only for me but for my GM. When I'm always using that amulet that I was talking about, the amulet of the blooded fae, and then I turn invisible to get my sneak attacks every battle. It's like that's a little boring and eventually, you know, your GM's going to be like, okay, this one guy, he sees you invisible. Oh, okay, then I guess I got to faint or something. It just becomes, I'm doing, I, I'm, I almost have each round planned out from the start and I don't even know what the encounter is. In some ways, that's been my experience with the rogue at lower levels. So I have more fun with the rogue at higher levels when there's more options to do and there's more things I can do. And it's not just turn invisible, sneak attack, as much as I love sneak attacking. And I, I agree with almost everything Christian said about the downsides of it. And I'm excited to look at not only the Unchained Rogue layer, uh, but we're, we have an episode on the ninja that kind of takes a different stab at the rogue. I like to see how things changed. But I'm not if a if a player is really convinced to to take the rogue and they want to play the rogue, I'm not like crying about it. I'm like, you don't know how badly you've 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 hurt yourself here. This this rogue is still a perfectly valid choice, especially with all the support it has. Uh, unless you're min-maxing a game that's trying to put you through the ropes, chances are you pick a rogue, you can find, you can make the build good enough. As former guest of the show, Jeff in control, <laughs> Robinson would say. <laughs> uh-huh. Is it though? There it is. Okay. Dan, how do you feel about the Rogue? <laughs> I've always been a fan of the Rogue. I've always uh, uh, accepted its shortcomings. It can be a very frustrating class to play, um, especially if you're looking to be a productive member of the party as far as damage and as far as fighting. Um, I think that uh, for me, uh, the things that 
are its strengths or the things that I prefer to do. I like to RP. I like to, you know, have my rogue walk into town and be the the face of the party and uh, chat and try to do those fun little uh, subtle things that, you know, that a normal character wouldn't be able to do. There's there's a secret going on behind those doors. And as a rogue, it's like, oh, we're going to find that out. Don't worry <laughs> sure. about it. I, I got this. I like those things. I, I will 100% agree uh, that the, the unchained version of the rogue is really fun and preferable but even the vanilla rogue it, it just fits into the way that i like to play a game um shortcomings and all all of the will effects that get you and they will it just uh i i, I like that it's like a broken down car that you know all of the problems with the car but right, darn right. it that's my it's car not, and i love it problems, and, uh, personality. that's the rogue for me <laughs> dense and all there's something you said <laughs> at the beginning that I was saving till now to talk about. And you said like the rogue, it fits my personality. It fits my play style. And I thought that was a very interesting comment because I think a trap a lot of first time players will fall into if they're attracted to the rogue is they become PVP. I like to steal from my party or every chance they get, they're robbing normal people blind and they're behaving in a lot of ways that don't embrace role playing or playing together. You were saying the complete opposite. You were stealing away things into people's purses. You were finding ways. Everything that you said that you liked about the rogue were all positive things. And if I were to give one piece of advice to people playing the rogues out there for the first time, embrace more of the way Dan was talking about it. Try to shift away from the loner, sort of almost evil kind of guy that doesn't care about anyone but self and and just steals all the time and hurts people. I think Dan's way to play it is still fits completely within the rogues theme, but is a lot more positive of a way to play it. And you all, I don't even need to say this. I'm saying it anyway, because I don't know. I like to hear my own voice. You've heard me talk over over 150 episodes. You know, when I say, I'm not saying be a nice guy all the time. Christian criticizes me for how edgy my characters always are. I'm not saying don't be edgy. I'm not saying every character <laughs> needs to be a bundle of sunshine. I'm just saying... Don't pick things that hurt the game and hurt everyone else's fun. Sometimes the when you first think of a rogue, you might go that way. I encourage you to go more Dan's way. A lawful good rogue that stops Thank anyone you. from stealing anything. <laughs> well, 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 we said well, there was well, no well, alignment well, restriction here, but you can't actually be lawful good in a rogue. That is the one restriction. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell uh, people how they can you. see you. I know that you are streaming. You have a regular schedule of streaming on Twitch, <laughs> Paizo Fridays, especially when the play yeah. test was going on. I tuned in every week or I caught the VOD later on YouTube. Tell people how they can find you. Oh, thank you. It's uh, twitch.tv slash official Paizo. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, we're doing Starfinder Wednesday. Every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, we're doing Pathfinder Friday. And uh, it we have a, a show for each IP so that we can really take the time. Uh, you're going to see people like Jason Bullman and people like Robert G. McCreary, creative director for Starfinder. We we basically just want to take our time and, and tell the stories for Pathfinder and Starfinder, talking to the folks that make the game. And then we do a Q&A afterwards. So if you know our chat has a chance to ask these folks questions. We, we like to think that it helps keep us connected to the community. Um, and we'd love to see you on the shows. We also see you hosting other live actual plays with your channel as well, right? Yeah, we're hosting. Uh, so right now we've got uh, Squiddish and his team. They stream Pathfinder every Monday, 1 p.m. Pacific. Just announced, starting on Tuesdays, we've got Saving Throw Show is doing Starfinder Deep Water Deep on Tuesdays at 7.30 Pacific. 
BB Wolf and Friends, uh, the GM is Thirsty, Thurston Hillman from uh, the Starfinder team. They stream Starfinder on Wednesdays. And right after Starfinder Wednesday, it goes right into BB Wolf and Friends doing their uh, Pungent Crawl is the name of that. It's almost like you've crafted an excellent theme for Wednesdays. <laughs> you know, it is it is a, a rip run time, let me tell you. Essentially, <laughs> what we're trying to do is we're just trying to make it so that whenever you go to go to Twitch, check out our channel. Maybe we've got something fun going on. So, Well, if you allow me to fluff your feathers one last time, I find you an excellent interviewer whenever information's got to get out to the public and they use uh, the Twitch channel and they let you interview the relevant person. I find your way of asking questions and putting the focus on them and still asking poignant questions and not just so, so tell me about this Pathfinder game. I understand people <laughs> play it. I think you're an excellent host and I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come on the show. You've been a phenomenal guest and you have an open invitation. If there's another subject you'd like to talk about, we definitely would love to have you back on. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'd love to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you decide to do another show on the Rogue, I will be right there for you. So, Rogue <laughs> Fridays, every Friday. With the- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to close out the episode. I was just feverishly reading through the construct list to make sure I'm correct and it does, in fact, Christian. not become immune to persistent damage. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Class is dismissed. Jason Bullman is dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> See you in detention, Jason Bullman. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This episode was edited by Devin Tonnell. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.